TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. It's a beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us here as we talk sports some more right up until 11 o'clock. The coach and the big dog, at least we hope the big dog, at your service today. Talking sports some more. Producer extraordinaire David Olson on the other side of the glass. Big sports weekend coming up. Lots of uh, basketball to talk about. we got a car race, I believe, known as the Day. Tona 500 coming up this weekend. We'll talk about that as well. We're going to jump off the sports page and uh, talk a little uh, Futurama. We're going to leap into the future. I have a few questions I need to ask the big dog of penetrating intensity. If I could use those two words, how's that for a preview after the 9.30 or 10.30 hour? Uh, without further ado, without further Joseph ado, let me welcome in our fine partner via the telecommunicative phone lines from beautiful Aurora, Illinois. It's my good friend. He checks in at six feet, one inches tall, 231 and a half pounds, outside linebacker Joel Radwanski. Yeah, strong side too, baby. And I was just wondering, Coach, did you say penetrating intensity or penetrating intensity? That's not <laughs> little of both. Thank you very much. All I right, like good. that, by the way. That's not bad. Penetrating intensity. I don't know if I can live up to the uh, the topic that I bring up, but uh, that's a solid preview of it. It sounds very good. Penetrating intensity. A couple of words that you don't often hear together, but uh, I've impressed myself, which is not easy to do. If we're talking Chicago Cup baseball, I probably tend to give a little bit too much intensity. And if we're talking any type of football, especially college football, I definitely am doing that. So. Uh, you, you might just get that today, Coach, depending on where you go and what angle you take. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I prefer uh, you could help steer the ship also. David Olson, you had a uh, comment on this. David's got the yeah, look. I thought, I thought that's what happened to O.J. Simpson in prison earlier this week. Oh, I heard O.J. got wow. a, a little violated this wow. week. Wow. I'm not aware of the story. I'm not sure I want to be aware of the story. Let's just say if I was a lifer, I would uh, I would uh, let O.J. know where I stood. As a matter of fact, I'd be like, listen, uh, I'm an Ohio State fan, and I still can't get over what you did in the, in the 68 Rose Bowl. So, pow, 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 something like that. Yeah, uh, karma is catching up with Orenthal James Simpson at this point behind mm-hmm. bars. Let's just say he's getting passed around like currency, Coach. Orenthal James Simpson. I still remember... Howard Cosell, I still remember one of the great calls of all time, Buffalo Bills, O.J. Simpson breaks off for a touchdown against, at that time, Dan Marino and the uh, the Marx Brothers wide receivers and the favored Miami Dolphin teams. O.J. Simpson breaks Marino, down for a touchdown run, and Howard Cosell, Miami may have the oranges, but Buffalo's got the juice. Remember that call? That That's a great call, but Dan Marino didn't enter the NFL until 1983, Coach. Who was the Dolphin quarterback then? I would say back then it would have been a Bob Greasy, Hall of Famer. Okay. And it wouldn't have been the Marks Brothers at wide receivers then either. 
No, it would have been a, a Paul Wallfield, War, ah. Wallfield and uh, probably some white dude that was a possession guy at the time. Yeah. Well, I guarantee you, two of the best co- the best combination of receivers to ever play the game are Paul Warfield and some other white dude. <laughs> because Paul <laughs> Paul Warfield himself, for those young fans listening to the show, I don't know if you can YouTube videos, but that dude, uh, they say, uh, you know, Jerry, um, hello. Yep. Jerry Rice, thank you very much. Greatest receiver of all time, and he probably is big dog, but Paul Warfield back in the day, uh, along with his partner, some other white dude, one of the greatest receivers I've ever seen. Back then, the Dolphins only threw the ball legitimately 15 times a game. Mm-hmm. So he did have a little bit of advantage when they were throwing the ball that he, he was single covered and the cornerback was like, what, you're throwing the ball? So mm-hmm. that did help a little bit. Miami may have the oranges, but Buffalo's got the juice. So run the old James Simpson. Oh, goodness. All right, can we move on from that uh, rather uncomfortable story? Yeah, well, I really want to know what happened. Is he just getting beat up or is he getting man-rammed? Well, considering this is the first I've heard of it, I'm not the one to uh, answer that particular question. If any of our fine listeners out there, I prefer you wouldn't, but if you feel the need to uh, extrapolate on this particular story, you can give us a call at 888-463-6748. And Big Dog, on behalf of 82% of our listeners, if you could use a different term than man-rammed, uh, 82% of us would appreciate it. I, I, I think you might got those numbers flip-flop, Coach. I think only 18% yeah. are actually offended. Yeah, the other 18% I deeply worry about. But, uh, you know, you've got friends in strange places, Big Dog. No question about that. Don't, don't say strange places and man ramp in the same context. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's been a great week here, Big Dog. Let's finish it off with a solid show today. Based on our emails, by the way, the most popular segment of our show all week long was, I think, Wednesday's show at about 1020 when you almost – while doing the show, got hit by a train. Um, Coach, that, that wasn't funny, by the way. Apparently, to be quite honest with you, I just filled out a life insurance policy with my new girlfriend, and all of a okay. sudden she was like, oh, you go ahead. Next day I'm almost getting hit by a train. <laughs> and then I heard, saw her like, snap her fingers and hit, yeah. stamp her feet. I, so I, I, was, I, I was a little worried, Coach. I fully understand it was not good for you. It was life-threatening, but based on the responses from our listeners, they found it entertaining. It was good for ratings, Big Dog. <laughs> Maybe if he could jump out of a plane next week. You know, we need all the help we can get. Uh, I, like, I told you I am willing to go to Afghanistan. <laughs> as long as as long as you give me some type of chastity device, so just in case I do yes. get... Uh, I mean, I, I guess I can't wear anything around my neck to make sure my, I don't get beheaded, but Whatever you yeah, do. I think I'd rather get my head cut off than some of the other torture they put these American uh, journalists you know, Apparently, a lot of the reporters, it's coming out now, there were a, a, a fair amount of... Uh, beatings and assaults and if you had blonde hair and you were fairly attractive uh the assaults of a sexual kind from groups right out in the public big dog they're just attacking some of these female reporters and um you know it's 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 the mob mentality i guess well i I promise to dress as a man coach i would certainly hope so and i will not shower okay Okay. and um i don't know i'll just rub myself in pork everywhere so it's probably less likely to actually (laughs) touch me uh, I never thought of that strategy. That young reporter, I don't mean to make light of a very serious situation, but she should have oh, thought of that. I guarantee. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, I mean, I'm willing to go there, Coach. I really am. I'm mm-hmm. throwing it out there. But is, is it partly, and I don't know all the mores in the, uh, the fine Mideast countries, but is it, part of it have to do with sexual repression there, Big Dog, that part of the rebellion, part of the, uh, you know, they're, they're releasing all of their energies, including uh, an occasional grope uh, in mob mentality. Is that okay. part of it? 
the, the best way for me to explain it to you is this, and, and I'm not making light of this poor reporter that got and a couple of them that have been yes. raped. But do you remember the first time you saw National Geographic when you were like nine and yep. it moved? Yep. Well, it's because you you weren't used to seeing women at all naked. Okay, coach. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these guys, these women, have worn burkas their whole life. They they see a woman like. Uh, to them, scantily dressed because they're showing ankle mm-hmm. and they can't control themselves. And another thing is just the hatred of the West too. That that throw that combine those two things, mm-hmm. you know. And they uh, they get uh, they see something so provocative and they decide to provoke. Okay, all right. That's that's I think a, a solid, if not accurate, description of it. Now, neither of these female reporters were were raped, right? It was sexual assault, but but I don't think actual rape right out in the street. David Olson's giving me the look like possibly. I mean, that that yeah, would be I hard to believe. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to have to read the Drudge Report and find out what's going on. So, mm-hmm. Interesting. On a similar note, by the way, the uh, my uh, young 15-year-old son, who about five years ago, I got him the Junior Sports Illustrated subscription, and then they have a like a, a junior teens, kind of between the little kid and the adult Sports uh-huh. Illustrated subscription. I got him that a couple of years ago. Just about a year ago, we... Uh, elevated to the actual Sports Illustrated. He enjoys it coming each and every week. He did receive, Big Dog, speaking of the National Geographic, he did receive his first ever Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Wow. Let you me haven't just say, seen him since, have you? Woo! Let me just say, the uh, I haven't seen a swimsuit issue for a couple years. It's getting a little more risque uh, as the time ages on, shall we say. No, it's been that way. Forever, trust uh, me. I know what uh, L. McPherson's butt looks more than better than she knows what it looks like. They, trust me, they've been wearing those those skimpy thongs since the eighties. Yeah, but I would say they're not that they show in totality, but there's more undress. Uh, it, strate- it, undress with strategic coverage in this year's Sports Illustrated. It, it's it's been going that way for about a decade. Yeah, but going, but it's every year it gets a little. More risque, no? Well, it kind of needs to because, like, the Internet has kind of made that issue right. obsolete. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. There was – I remember a time when the Sports Illustrated Assumptions was gigantic. I mean, it was like every single 15-year-old boy in the country was running out to buy it. And now, I'm not kidding you, I saw the Sports Illustrated sitting right by the pooper yesterday, mm-hmm. and I didn't even pick it up. Wow. I'm eventually going to because I'm wow. going to read it actually for the articles. And I mean, because I always read everything in Sports Illustrated. So, you, uh, you are a man of tremendous discipline, Big Dog. But just like David Olson said, the the Internet and the computer were in my room at the time. Yeah, and just, everything was loaded up. You just ruined a good story. All right. <laughs> now that we've uh, covered the Mideast, the National Geographic sexual assaults, and the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, Big Dog, and you're barely, practically, almost getting run over by a train, I think that uh, covers our intro of the show. Can we move on to some actual sports coverage? Uh, that sounds like an excellent <laughs> idea because if we're a Chicago Bulls fan, you got to be pretty happy right Woo! now. Wow, and I missed the game. I missed I the game. I didn't get to see it either. I did not get to see it either, but people are really yep. excited around here. All I, I did listen to Swirsk, Chuck Swirsky and Bill Wennington on the radio, fine radio team, and I was all excited. Got home uh, a little bit late, caught the post-game show, which was very brief because then they went to their next NBA game. It was nationally televised, right? It was on TNT. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. No wonder why, because I searched 
I searched the local channels and didn't see it on there, so I didn't think for some mm-hmm. reason I forgot that they were playing the Spurs last night. So I'm like, oh, there's no game, and I didn't tape anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are statement games, and there are statement games. The Chicago Bulls as a team making a statement last night, 109-99 to over San Antonio. And the rising star, I don't think he's rising anymore, Big Dog. He is right there in the upper echelon after last night's game. 42 points, 8 assists, many of the spectacular variety. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Professional sports' newest superstar, Mr. Derek Rodriguez-Rose. I want to go higher. I think he is still rising, Coach. <laughs> and, by the way, that, that is, without a doubt, one of the – Stacey King is making going to make himself a legend in the city <laughs> if he continues to call with the passion that he does and just have these off-the-cuff stuff. Yeah. You know, he said that off-the-cuff last year, but now that's one of his uh, his calls for, for Derek Rose. What does he say? I mean, go he, higher, Derek. Go higher. Yeah, without, without question. You know, Coach uh, – they're only two games behind the Heat and Celtics, yep. who are tied for first place in the East. So they're sitting there at the third spot, which is good. You know that if you're sitting there in the third spot, it's you don't have to face the what do you call it, the other team. I mean, there's a chance that you don't have to face the other one. Just there's it's a possibility because the fourth mm-hmm. team, the Magic, could knock off either the Celtics or the Heat. So it, it, hopefully they can is climb up to number one. I mean, that, you know, it's not out of the question. If you think about it, right now they're thirty-seven and seventeen, I believe, Coach. So that means there's twenty-eight games left. Twenty-three and five would be pretty difficult, but it's they could go twenty-three and five, no. which would win the East form and win they're, sixty games. They're not going to go twenty-three and five. Who would have said that they would have won? Uh, what have they gone to twenty-two and eight over the last thirty games? They're not going to go. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. No, no, excuse me. They're thirty and eight over the last thirty-eight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not have predicted that. But having said that, they're not going to go twenty-three and five, even though after the All-Star break they're going to get Joakim Noah back. Uh, big that. That's just that's too much to. And I don't, I don't even know if I'm ready at this point to be thinking about what seed we are in the playoffs. I know I'm looking forward to the NBA playoffs like I haven't in a long, long time. I mean, I'm already getting the juices fired up for. Uh, What'll it be about July third when the NBA finals take place? Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> but the yeah. NBA playoffs could be fun just watching the Chicago Bulls and Derrick Rose. But uh, I, I don't know if I'm into analyzing what seed we are and who we're going to play just yet. Well, the one, I, I guess you really don't have to anymore just just because the way the NBA has it set up, the Bulls have no chance of falling further than they are right now. They cannot drop at all. Mm-hmm because it's impossible for them to finish in the fourth place spot because that means they would have to lose the Central Division. And, Coach, I think they have, what, a 13-game lead in the Central right now? Yep. So, yeah, that's not going to happen. Cleveland Cal uh, texting us in. Cleveland Cal wants to know what happens if the Cavaliers go 39-0 after the All-Star break. Uh, That means they would have added about 10 games. Would they make the playoffs? And if they do go 39-0, the NBA will just hand them the NBA championship. I think it's David Stern okay. has actually uttered that. I thought you they were going to turn around that much. I thought you were going to say, based on their first half, they'd be the nine seed, missing out on the playoffs by a couple games. Eight eight eight. By the way, uh, any Bulls fans uh, you want to check in? NBA fans, talk a little Bulls over San Antonio. All things hoops here with the big dog and the coach. Phone number is eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big Dog, you know I'm a basketball uh, aficionado, and I, I like to dig deep and look for some uh, more subtle things. And here's the stat. As, as spectacular as Rose was, here's what I like best about that game. Minus Joakim Noah, our top rebounder, arguably one of the best rebounders in the NBA. Minus him. The Bulls out-rebounded San Antonio 41 
to 29. I think that's what? a telling statistic. Wow. That is impressive, Coach. That is really impressive because you're, you're not talking about, you know, oh, they did it against any NBA team. The Spurs have been one of the better rebounding teams in the NBA since the mid-'90s. That's, that's a really good number. So that's cool. But, you know, uh, before we start going crazy and, and praising the Bulls, you know, that, that was the ninth game of a road trip for the Spurs, wasn't it? Yep. You know, I'm not knocking the Bulls either. But uh, let's kind of put it in the context. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you could put a little beat down on a team that's at the end of a road trip. So, But still, 41-29, that's, that's really out-rebounding a solid, solid rebounding team. Young so. Chicago Bulls, and they've only had uh, two of their stars together for a brief period of time, and that's Boozer and... Noah, they've knocked off the Miami Heat. They've beaten the Boston Celtics. They've beaten the Orlando Magic. And they've beaten the LA Lakers, big dog. So the win over the Spurs was not just a Johnny-come-lately. They've proven now that they can beat top teams, at least at home, all five of those teams. Yeah, that's good. Hey, you know what? you gotta you got to take care of home court. Now, I do believe they're only 13 and 25 on the road. So yep. that's, that's, that's one thing we can look at as a team. Uh, if the Bulls really want to be uh, NBA contenders, and maybe they're not this year. Maybe they're like a, a long shot for an NBA championship contender, but this is a young team. And, and if they're going to be an NBA championship contender year in, year out, got to win on the road, Coach. got to win on the road. So 55% well, of your games, not just barely over 500. Throw me that uh, the road record again. 13 and, and, and 12. Okay. Okay. I think I said 13 and 25. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. threw me for a loop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they're 13 and 12, which is mm-hmm. 13 out of 25 games. Okay. So, uh, okay. I'm sorry, coach. I got, I got, I'm a little congested right now. I'm like the Dan Ryan. Yeah. So, <laughs> little congestion is good for all of us. Big dog, just take a deep breath and, uh, blow and just make sure you blow out of your nostrils, not your mouth. Okay. Well, I've been trying to, coach. Uh, during the show, I, you might hear me, uh, bubbling up a little bit. Yes. Well, you know, we, we, functions. we, we like it here on the show. We've talked about that before. David Olson, our producer, disagrees with us. Our previous producer, Kevin the Swamp Ran Haran, also disagreed. It's kind of. Yeah, but Kevin Haran was oblivious. Yeah, he was a, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But, uh, what we're referring to, we don't, you know, they get fancy little cough buttons or whatever they are. To, you can push the button so the cough or the sneeze can't be heard. Me and the big dog feel that we don't like to use that button. It's artificial. We feel the cough. The sneeze, the burp, the gargle, the possible passing of the gas needs to be heard on radio because it makes us more real. It helps us connect with the listeners, Big Dog. And I do uh, add on the fact that our ex-host, Brian Bauer, said, with you as the host, thank God that there's not scratch and sniff radio. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But I think what made us a little, let's (laughs) face it, I think what made it a little bit uncomfortable was our old uh, producer, Kevin Oran, used to call it the turn and cough button. Yes, that that was a bit disconcerting. Yeah, so I quit using it at that point. Thank goodness that show wasn't webcast because we would not have been on for very long. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, NBA All-Star Game, Big Dog, coming up this weekend. Your excitement level on a scale of 1 to 10, and what's your pick on the rookie-sophomore games tonight? Oh, the rookie-sophomore game is tonight, huh? I think so. So is Blake Griffin a sophomore or a rookie? Even though he's up for rookie of the year, but he was drafted last year. Yeah, I believe he's going to play with the. Hold on here, I'll tell you in a second. Because whoever, wherever he's on, I'm rooting. I'm picking him. <laughs> Good point. Blake Griffin playing with the rooks. Okay, yeah, they're going to win because you got uh, that. Yeah, they're they're going to win, coach. John just, Wall. Fact, is, is Blake Griffin an all star coach? Uh, I, I'm not sure. 
I don't I think, think so. I think he is, but I'm not 100% positive because okay. I think it was either between him and Kevin Love. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I know it's going to people are like, what? But I would have taken Kevin Love before Blake Griffin. I think Kevin Love was named to replace Yao Ming. Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. Because no, no, he deserves no. to be on the All-Star game. Because, by the way, Kevin uh, Love has gotten seven rebounds just during this show. <laughs> yeah, Dave. <laughs> uh, Blake Griffin is actually playing in the Rookie Challenge tonight. Right. In the dunk contest tomorrow. And he is in the All-Star game wow. on Sunday. Nice. So he's okay. got a busy weekend. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, maybe not as much. Uh, maybe it'll be his weekend. It's in the Staples Center, so I'm definitely going with the rookies because it's going to be the, the Blake Griffin weekend because you, you ever notice wherever the All-Star game is held, not only do you get every single call, you got the fans behind you. So he not only will they, he'll win the, the, the rookie game, rookie soft game, He'll win the slam dunk contest, and he'll do something absolutely phenomenal in the actual All-Star game. Guy is a scary talent, no question about it. I saw him play a lot in college. I've seen him play one pro game and a couple of highlights, but the one pro game against the Bulls was enough to make me a believer. There's, I think my comment the day after that big dog after watching him play is that nobody that big at six feet nine inches tall should be able to move that athletically and jump that high. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Coach. He's you know, but Dwight Howard's in that same category, Coach. Don't forget, he's three inches taller, and he is just a tad less athletic yeah. than Blake Griffin is. He doesn't move with the gracefulness. He's uh, He is athletic, but it's more of a powerful strength, a different right, I'll type. I'll give you that. Almost, you'd expect, well, you can't expect that either because the guy's, Dwight Howard is huge, too, and he does some amazing things. Here's what Doug uh, Ida Windeman of the Sun Sentinel. I don't know what that newspaper is, the Sun Sentinel, somewhere out west. They asked no, him who. I'm pretty sure that's uh, in Florida. Okay. It's Orlando. Thank you very so, much. Okay, the Orlando Sun Sentinel. It said, who's going to win the win the uh, slam dunk contest? He said, basically, there's four choices. There's four choices, and they're all for second place. The choices are Blake Griffin. The other guys are what's his name, the other guy, and the fourth guy. And they just added the slam dunk championship. And he calls it the Sham Dunk Championship. The real question is who's going to finish as the runner-up to Griffin. And for my money, he said, I'm going to go with what's-his-name. He pretty pretty much agrees with you and says it's Blake Griffin's to lose. I will say this, though. Uh, somebody, DeMarcus DeRozan from uh, from Toronto. Yes. He will electrify. Because he's, he's been doing all these dunks all year long. And the, and the on SportsCenter today, they showed the top 10 plays of the NBA season so far, and they showed a DeRozan dunk that was number 10 best play. I don't, it should have been like number four. It was unreal. He cocked it back and dunked over two guys, coach. Phenomenal. Maybe so, he will be the second place, some other guy that, uh, or what's his name that the guy's talking about? Yeah, it, it, you know, if it was not in the Staples Center in Los Angeles, I would actually say he's got a shot at, mm-hmm. at, uh, upsetting Griffin, but I, I just can't imagine. He's, I mean, the guy's so phenomenal, and he's going to be pumped up to do it at home. And plus, the home crowd, mm-hmm. you know, when when the place goes crazy, the judges aren't about to give him uh, a nine when when they can give him a ten, even if he deserves the nine. NBA so. All Star Game will be Sunday East versus West. I like the uh, quote from Tom Thibodeau. They asked, "Are you worried that Derrick Rose is going to get injured in the game?" Thibodeau smiles and says, "Have you seen the way they play defense in that game?" And then he goes, "No, not really worried." <laughs> and he had a point there. Yeah, did he, did he really say that? Because it's the truth. Excuse me. I don't think cause we worry. Both of us worry about Derrick Rose getting undercut. We worry about Derrick Rose getting slammed yes. to the ground because he goes to the hole, basically fearlessly, constantly. Yep. Yep. You know, five to ten times a game, he's throwing his body around. 
you, you do that in the, the NBA All-Star game, the only thing you, you have to worry about is, like, when you're, like, the, the, the singer in the crowd, when you jump off, you worry about, like, maybe the crowd separates and you land face first. Mm-hmm. By the way, some guy did that it's on YouTube, Coach, at some small bar, missed everybody, and died. Wait, what did he do? Okay, some he... guy was a, sing, a rock and roll singer. Okay. Well, alternative, whatever the heck you want to call it. And he was the lead <laughs> singer at like some bar and he yeah. was singing his song. He drops the mic and dives to do a, a in, to go crowd surfing into, into the, the into the mosh pit. People, okay. people moved and he slammed and hit his head wow. on the table, broke his neck and died. And this is on YouTube. Uh it was pulled, but it was on YouTube. Wow. Like, like they pulled it like and somebody will put it back up and YouTube will pull it within like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. Just so, just because of the end result. Yeah. Wow. But you can get it somewhere on the internet. You'll be able to get it. Uh-huh. So, as a matter of fact, I didn't believe it because it was on a, a, a thousand ways to die. And so, they're like, somebody was like, no, that's true. And then he showed it to me. I was like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. You don't want to see it, actually. Coach. No. It's pretty disgusting. Did the concert continue? Yeah, they played a tribute to him right there. <laughs> wow. Nasty story. You're full of uplifting stories today. Big Doug, thank you for that. Uh, You're lovely. the one who brought up the sodomy in, in Afghanistan. Why did you go? You didn't say sodomy. You just said, uh, never mind, Coach. I'm sorry. Okay. 888-463-6748. NBA All-Star Game. Slam dunk contest. Lots of hoops over the weekend. We got to talk some college basketball as well. Big Dog yesterday. Uh, well, first we got to mention our local team, the DePaul Blue Demons. How about that? 25 game Big East losing streak comes to an end. They knock off Providence. Thank goodness. We don't got to read about that story anymore. And yeah. you do have to credit the Blue Demons, Big Dog, for, uh, Keeping up the fight, not getting down, and finally finding a way to win a game. Taking a lot of abuse, yes. taking a lot of losses. You know, I, I'm happy for those kids. Seriously, what they went through was absolutely ridiculous. So uh, I, I do tip my hat to them because I, I would hate to have gone through that. That's that's no fun losing that many games, coach. Mm-hmm. And they got some freshmen leading the way. So uh, next year, not that they're going to be a Big East contender, but things will get better. For the DePa- uh, the beloved DePaul Blue Demons, Northwestern knocked off Iowa last night. Penn yeah. State, Penn State had a big win too. You're excited about my Northwestern team? Heck yeah, coach! It's good to see. Uh, you know, they still have a really outside chance if they win all the rest of their games and win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament to actually make the tournament. It's it's still unlikely, but if they start playing well now, maybe they can win the Big Ten tournament and sneak in somehow. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should mention Penn State knocked off Minnesota. Big win for them. The Nittany Lions trying to fight their way into the uh, NCAA tournament. Taylor Battle. Taylor Battle, big dog, three, or I'm sorry, seven three-pointers. 28 points. Another first-team All-Big Ten guard. Yeah, he's uh, he's one heck of a player. And I didn't see exactly what happened, but Minnesota had the ball on the free throw line, and they had some type of illegal substitution mm-hmm. and gave the ball right back to Penn State afterwards. Late, late in the they, game. They could have they could have cut the lead to one and instead gave the ball right back to Penn State. Wow. Late in the game. Wow. Yeah, that's you know if you lose because you didn't shoot the ball well, mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean. That's that's one thing. But when you learn lose from a stupid mistake like that, 
Uh, yeah, tell you what, you, right you, you can argue how strong the conference is, but you can't argue with the Big Ten college basketball season that the games have not been great. The competitive level, uh, tremendous. I think it's been one of the better years of Big Ten basketball. And, uh, the Michigan-Illinois game a couple days ago, the Minnesota-Penn State game yesterday were just part of that, Big Doug. Good stuff and hopefully a prelude to a great tournament in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's the second-best conference in America, Coach. The, the Big Ten has nothing to hang their head about this year. Mm-hmm. So. It's uh, Big Ten basketball is absolutely uh, phenomenal. Okay. And um, by the way, I said Billy Tubbs, and I meant Tubby Smith. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. I don't even think Billy Tubbs is with us anymore. Billy Tubbs? Oh, he's still with us. All right, good, good. Yeah, I don't uh, think he passed away. Okay. Yeah. I always liked him, Coach. I did I always liked him. I didn't. He reminded me of uh, Robert Dole the early year. Robert Dole still with us, David? He's still with us, right, or not? Bob Dole? Yeah, he's still with us. Okay. Uh, see, Alice will add years to your life, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know about him, but it added years to Elizabeth Doyle, uh, Dole's life. Yeah, that, that, she turned that smile, I mean, that frown upside oh, down. Oh, man, she, she became a much better Secretary of State after see Alice, I guarantee you that. Foreign relations were never so good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 Billy Tubbs reminded me of Robert Dole the early years when he was just always kind of, Nasty and angry and negative and combative. And then post-elections and post-Cialis, Robert Dole became a different person. In fact, people said if he would have been that way in the beginning, he probably would have been elected president. Yeah, that's what I tell my roommate all the time. You know, uh, well, he he moved out. But like before, when he was here, he would sit in his room for hours talking about not getting a woman. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you got to get out there. And then he would yell at me, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, because like his woman popped. He got a tear in her. Mm Mm-hmm. She was a blow-up doll. And, <laughs> and then he was always upset about it. I'm like, you know, you quick, if you don't have to be so angry, you go out there and actually get a real woman. So. Uh, you, can't, you, you can't win the game if you don't get in the game, Big Doug. Let that be a lesson to all the youngsters out there. Uh, it's a lesson to me, Coach. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. We'll take a quick break here. That's our phone number. You want to talk to sports with the coach and the big dog. A peek into the future, big dog, coming up. We're going to jump off the sports page. We also have to check in in Florida and Arizona as pitchers and catchers and some baseball news to bring to you. And I know you want to talk about developments at the Daytona 500, arguably the biggest car race of the year, coming up in about uh, 63 hours. Okay? Sit tight, Big Dog. We'll be back in a, about 42 seconds. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. Hang on there. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com no we mentioned how uh, very depressingly enough the last friday and continuing on to this friday we're 
suffering the hangover of no more football Fridays, but I do present to you this slight bit of piece of football sunshine, if I could. This weekend begins the Indoor Football League, your Chicago Slaughter. 7 o'clock Saturday night against Wisconsin Lacrosse. Oh, excellent, Coach. I mean, if I can watch human beings run into each other at full speed, it makes <laughs> yeah. me happy. Steve so. McMichael, your coach, does that make you happy? Uh, you know what? He's starting not to be such a pain in the butt. <laughs> not that you don't, I don't, you don't have to see him like once a week on some TV show acting like an idiot. Mm-hmm. He's not so bad when you get him in small doses. He's actually okay. kind of entertaining in small doses. Okay. And maybe now that he's a coach, he's a little bit more grown up. Probably not. Are he and so. um, he and Deborah still together? I, no, no. He's got a new uh, blonde bimbo coach. Take it easy. It's a shot at my girl Deborah. Yes, David. No, him and Deborah it broke up like uh, like a decade ago. She left him for another wrestler. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and we, you she didn't leave him for Baron Von Roschke, did she? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really? Yeah. Well, if you're gonna lose your wife to somebody, Stone Cold Steve Austin's a pretty good way to lose. But uh, he's McMichael is remarried. He's got a young wife, and he's got he's got like a uh, like a. Two or a three-year-old. Okay. Yeah, there's some little him. girl that he holds during the commercial. Interesting. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's a uh, – I, I shouldn't say she's a bimbo, but the old one, Deborah, yeah. definitely a bimbo. Yeah, and I, that girl <laughs> – le- I remember watching this <sighs> thing, and, and I guarantee David Olsen knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm pretty sure – it was uh, the New Year's Eve going to be 1994, but Steve Dahl had it at his house, okay? And, yeah, no, uh, I remember that. I remember that. It was, and, it was a little bit earlier than that, though. It was, well, maybe okay. like, it was like early pay-per-view because it was like late 80s, I think. Oh, it was late 80s, but my brother bought it, Dave. I, I thought it was the 90s. It's no big deal. But uh, you, I'm sure you remember this part of it. Joe... Uh, <laughs> Joe Walsh of the Eagles and of Joe Walsh gets out of his limo and he's going to Steve Dahl's party and all of a sudden he heard Steve McMichael was there and Steve McMichael like knocked down 10 people and started running towards Joe Walsh's limo. He had to dive back in the limo and he refused to come out because he happened to have slept with McMichael's wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was just a fan. No. So Deborah slept with Joe Walsh also? Yes. (sighs) And by the way, a, Joe Walsh looks very similar to my Uncle Jimmy, by the way. So if a, I always love Uncle Jimmy, though. If you see Steve McMichael, just start running. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> is your, you know is that the Uncle David? Jimmy? Story, is that David, Uncle Jimmy married right? to Aunt Naomi? No, no. Uh, okay. Uh, no, not Aunt Naomi. Okay. So, just checking. Uh, David, yeah, you, yeah you, you got the story pretty close. You got the okay. story pretty close. Wow. That's just how I remember it. And like you said, it was late 80s. I just remember McMichael tearing after Joe Walsh. And I thought it was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And like Steve Dahl wouldn't say anything during the show, but my brother told me later, oh, yeah, I guess the. Like, I don't think it was while McMichael was married to her, it was before they got married. But still, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, McMichael was. He's a bit of a moron coach. So. Interesting. I'm more curious on the taste of a Deborah Michael. Combining a Joe Walsh and then a Stone Cold Stevie Austin, truly spanning the globe. Yeah, well, they're not together. She's not with Stone Cold anymore. Ah. Uh, there, there was some domestic abuse. Oh, what we'll, a surprise! We'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Not good, not good. As long as she doesn't fool around with Baron Von Roschke or uh, the Road Warrior Big Dog, I'm okay with that. Or Dick the Bruiser. Eh. By the way, 
by the way, all those guys that we've named, uh, the, the Ultimate Warrior, and the, oh, they're all dead. Sad. And the Warriors still kicking it, but yeah, there's, <laughs> but there's like, but no, like, like Are you ni- sure 90... the warrior isn't dead, David? I'm pretty sure he kicked it. No, 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 no. He, he was rumored to kick it. He, uh, <laughs> he's actually kind of gone insane pretty much. He okay. changed, well, no, no, no. He changed his legal name to Warrior. Okay. Okay. And, uh, now he's like, he's a, he's a screaming conservative. Wow. Does he live in Wisconsin? Uh, Arizona. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, he, he like speaks at political rallies and everything. We can do a whole show, Big Doug, no question about it. On pro wrestlers, are they dead or alive? And if they're alive, what are they doing? See, I wouldn't be very good at that. I'd probably be better at picking out the point spread in women's lacrosse games. I, I have always had a, a huge disdain for uh, for professional wrestling for some reason. I, I have no idea why. I always thought it was. It was but I uh, thought you were. You're, well, you're a big fan of Ultimate Wrestling, right? Ultimate Fighting. But that's real, Coach. Yes. Big difference. Okay, so yeah, those are those are real men fighting. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, well, that I'm I'm big fan of MMA mixed martial arts. Yeah, I grew up with a little WWF, so it still has a small place in my heart. Of Vern Gagne, a Bruiser, and the Crusher, Baron Von Raschke, and the rest of the Moose uh, or uh, what was it? Yeah, Moose, Moose Cholak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I watched it when I was five on Channel Twenty Six with Clean Gene. What was the guy's name? Gene. Uh... Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> Oh, I may have to YouTube some highlights just to get my fix. Oh, if you want to YouTube something really funny, <laughs> you, YouTube uh, uh, the, the Junkyard Dog. Oh, I forgot about him. Smack about Hulk Hogan, Coach. That's, that's all you need to do is start with that one, and then you'll get all the wrestling highlights after that you want to need. And by the way, that might be the best one you can see. But let's just say uh, Junkyard Dog use uh, a very bad term that you normally don't use with white people on Hulk Hogan. And he just started crying. And no one noticed. And everybody else is laughing about it. And he says it on live television. So it's pretty funny, Coach. So what? Junkyard Dog is no longer with us. What? <laughs> Come on. No, he, he, he's gone. Oh, man. Yeah, but he didn't depressing. die because of steroids. It was a drive-by or something like that. Yeah, right? no, it was a car accident. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, no, mo- mo- most of these guys, their hearts explode. Oh, Absolutely. You take more. You take ten times the amount of steroids that Barry Bonds took. I mean that—that's not usually healthy. All right. Are we are we beyond the WWF? Are they dead or are they alive? And what are they doing? Segment. Getting all depressed here. All my yeah, favorite. Good. All my favorites from days gone by have passed away. I'm afraid to ask about any more. I'm actually most of the ones that you mentioned. Those guys are still kicking it because they were they were pre steroid era. Ah, that's true. So they're, yeah, so, they're, so they're, you're telling me, Dave, that the guys from the '70s who weren't doing the steroids are still alive, but the guys from the '90s are dead. Yes, you got it. Yep. <laughs> Sad but true. You got it. It's uh, like it's like interesting. It was like um, it, like one of the early WrestleMania cards, like. Ninety-nine percent of the wrestlers were dead. You know, a friend of mine named Craig Swan, who uh, uh, was a was a professional bowler, he loved professional wrestling, so he started taking the steroids. And this was a guy who was a backup wide receiver at Donners Grove North. And then all of a sudden, I saw him at the age of thirty, and he was he was like the type of guy that would lose. You know, they'd throw him in the ring, and he would get his butt kicked by one of the superstars. Mm-hmm. And he was on like once every two or three weeks. I paid like a thousand bucks. Every a jobber day. is what they're called. A jobber. And he weighed about two hundred eighty-five pounds. It was jacked, totally jacked. 
And he I'm was like, there. why did you do that when you were balling at Downers North? He's like, man, I wish I would have. <laughs> yeah, he, he had no qualms about, yeah, of course I'm on steroids. What do you think? Do you remember what I looked like eight years ago? <laughs> it looked like, I mean, it was just unbelievable, the difference in this guy. And he was talking about the amount of, of abuse on yeah. the circuit. On, and the stories he was telling me, Coach, oh, my goodness. All I got to say is if you are uh, like a superstar that just got on the ring and they gave you beat, they made you a superstar for like no reason and other guys don't know why, they basically play practical jokes on you until you cry. I see hot in the in the underwear. I mean, basically, you you just you got to go commando if you're one of these guys is the best way to put it. They put tax in there. You name it, they they mess with you, coach. It was actually kind of funny. Yeah, and you know what? It may be fake, but guys like your buddy, the ex backup wide receiver who now weighed 285 pounds, it may be fake, big dog. But watching it, first of all, they're phenomenal athletes, and second of all, don't kid yourself. It may be fake, but there's a whole lot of pain involved and a few broken bones to go along with it. I am sure. Yeah. Yeah, heck of a lot of pain when you have to inject yourself with steroids. Well, no, know, I'm talking about I'm talking about the actual fights. Yes, yes, yeah, but you would rather watch that than actual real fight MMA. Well, ultimate fighting bothers me a little bit too because I see these guys, you know, getting life-threatening brain damage. They don't realize it at the time, but I find okay. it a bit cruel. But see, this is this is the argument we can go on and on about because there is many more injuries in boxing. Because you know what happens in MMA? As soon as somebody gets injured, the fight stops. It's over with. These fights last a minute and a half. In boxing, these guys get punched in the face uh, for yeah. eight, ten rounds. So it, true. It, don't tell me how much you love boxing if you're worried about brain damage because yeah. there's a lot worse brain injuries in, in boxing mm-hmm. than there are in MMA, Coach. Yeah, that, and you, if you watch one MMA, you'd be really surprised. You'll see a, like a gruesome hit, and guess what? That's the last punch of the fight. Yeah, and not, not to underplay the gruesome hit because that can cause some severe damage, but you are right. It's the uh, incessant, constant shots to the head that can cause uh, Muhammad Ali, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. Parkinson's disease, it can come from more um, consistent concurrent hits. So you're correct on that. Doesn't exactly make the ultimate fighting, uh, you know, a perfectly safe thing, but it probably is worse in the boxing ring. You're right about that. And I enjoy the sport of boxing, and I enjoy it when they wear the headgear. I can, I don't have to see a guy take a shot to the jaw. I enjoy, I like seeing two guys go at it, and if they got a little headgear to protect themselves, not a problem at all. I enjoy the sport for the competition. You know, it's funny, as much as I love MMA, and I do love, you give me an average MMA fight compared to an average boxing match, it's not even close. But there is something to be said when you do get a special matchup in the in the boxing ring. Yeah. There really is something special yeah, about uh, that. Olympic this, boxing. We don't have it anymore. So. No, no, the heavyweights have been dead for a long, long time. The kids today don't even watch boxing. But, yeah, great boxing match. And just watch the Olympics. Even if you don't know the combatants at any weight level, Olympic boxing, three rounds, they go all out, none of us hugging each other, none of us grabbing each other. I mean, you two great athletes, two highly conditioned athletes, uh, putting their athletic and strength potential to work. Olympic boxing, I think, is a great sport to watch. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right about that. That is that is exciting, Coach, by mm-hmm. the way. And, and those guys get in the ring the next day. And they so wear headgear, cool. right? In the Olympics. Oh, yeah, they wear headgear. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, th- those are some real, real exciting yeah. fights. Yeah. I definitely will give you that. All right, 888 Big Dog, we got to get to the Daytona. 500 coming up this weekend. We talked yesterday how Dale Jr.'s uh, car crashed, and he has to use the backup car. That puts him to the back of the pack. Time trials yesterday heading to the front of the pack. Mr. Kurt Busch and Jeff Burton. I'm not familiar with that Jeff Burton for certain. Help me out. 
uh, yeah, you know who Jeff Burton is, Coach. He's been around for years. He's, uh, he, he wins about two or three races a year, but he's never contended uh, for a cup. Okay. He's a good guy, though. I like him. I like him. He doesn't crash people. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's funny. Is that Most people love boxing. I mean, race car drivers for the crash, and if you crash somebody on purpose, you're on my, like, dead list. I'm done with you. Yep. You know what I mean? So. Yep. We already found out from yesterday's show that Juan Pablo Montoya is on your uh, not-so-good list in the auto racing. Now, you predicted a couple of days ago Kevin Harvick finally going to come through, win a Daytona 500. You still no, feel comfortable? Before, coach. He's What's... won one before. I'm talking – Kevin Harvick has won the Daytona. I'm saying he's going to win okay. the overall chase. Ah. And he'll start it off by winning the Daytona 500, and then he's going to push it out and win the whole chase for the whole year okay. as we kick off the season. And break the streak of Jimmy Johnson, which is at what, four or five? I think it's five, Coach. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's five. Wow. I mean, isn't it awesome? The guy's been winning so much, you don't even know how long his string is. So either or, I'm pretty sure it's five, but the, but the guy's magic. Mm-hmm. And right. no matter where he is around May, don't worry, because he's moving. He moves. It's like every single week he moves up one slot on mm-hmm. the on the position. And so finally, the last week of the season, he's sitting there at number one. Mm-hmm. 53rd annual Daytona 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, the site to be. Big dog for the Mid-range fans who don't know much about it might tune in for maybe the last hour. Give me a couple things they could look for in the Daytona 500. Take us inside the pit crew if you could. Uh, the beautiful thing about <laughs> this year is they repaved the Daytona 500. It's got a whole new surface on it. Okay. And supposedly it's a lot faster, and it has been. You know, Because a lot of times Daytona will, or NASCAR will do new things. They say we're doing it because of this, and half the time legitimately coach, it's the exact opposite that happened. And it's funny, you got all these guys making millions of dollars, these scientists, and they still mess it up. But now they retaped it, and you can get four wide on here. And what used to happen at Daytona, you used to have to partner up with one other car mm-hmm. and have the one guy push you. So it would be like two cars racing with each other all the way around the track, and there'd be sets of twos. This year, they were they thought that was going to be that, that, that was going to end. They were going to get the long lines like they like. But they're not even sure that's going on because so, I have watched a couple of the races and so far, and they're still trying to figure out how you're going to have to race at this year's Daytona. They haven't figured it out because the, the more they race on this new track, the more rubber gets on there, and obviously the better traction and the faster it gets. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that it, it, you might end up being at a point where it could be like a normal race. You don't have to partner up with anybody. You don't have, Obviously, if you get in that long line and you're in the front of it, you're in really good shape. Uh, but – I hate to tell you, I really don't know, Coach, but we're going to find out. Interesting. But I do know this. They are running four wide, which is absolutely phenomenal. If you're watching it as a race fan, you see four cars right next to each other battling so, for first place. So you Pretty got some cool. some veteran racers that will be experiencing a slightly different track, a slightly different strategy than they've been used to. It'll be sounds like it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to it and who adjusts the best. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's okay. the exact same oval and same shape, but when you're talking about a different grip on it at thoroughly and totally changes everything about the race course. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. You could have run on it, you know, 35 times like Bill Elliott, and all of a sudden you're through the 36th time, and you have no clue what's going to go on out there. So Interesting. That's, that's the great thing about the Daytona right. 500. This uh, some good stuff. Well done for our folks to watch. I might be – I don't know I tune into the whole race, but I might watch the uh, yeah, well, you last – You want to watch the beginning, folks. I mean, actually, this is a great race to watch from start to finish because you could – the best stuff is how they change their cars. It'll be like, well – you're getting unbelievable traction, so you can loosen up the back right now to make it a little bit faster with the suspension. You know what I mean? Then, like, if, if, if you don't have the traction, you have to tighten the car down, and then 
it, it won't it won't run as fast, but it'll it'll grip on the track a little bit faster, so it stays fast. I mean, mm-hmm. the way they describe the coach, absolutely amazing. So it's, if you got nothing to do on Sunday, this is a good time to watch a whole race, so you can actually see how they change the cars throughout the race. In very order to make them faster. Very few things in sports as exciting as a pit cruise stop. With about uh, 10 laps to go in a big race like the Daytona 500 at sports at its finest. Oh, yeah, without doubt. And I, I make it a point. <laughs> I always watch the last 25 laps of the race. Always. Yeah. It's, no matter what, I try to watch the whole thing, but I always watch at least the last 25 race, uh, laps at Daytona, mm-hmm. which usually takes about a half hour, usually, unless okay. there's like eight wrecks. <laughs> oh, goodness. I think one year a tow truck actually won. There were yeah, so many this, wrecks. This is true. This is true. But, yeah, that's. I think that was the year uh, yeah. Kurt Busch won when he won on the last lap, actually. Yeah. And I think he was the only one that had AAA. The other six cars all had crashed. They called for help, and nobody would come. <laughs> he had upped his AAA membership. He got help, crossed the finish line. Let that be a lesson to all the young racers out there. Quickly, Big Dog, I want to look uh, off the sports page and just a couple of topics. Sneak peek into the future, if we could, a little quantum leap. I need some uh, thoughts and some wisdom, and it kind of carries over topic number one. From the Daytona 500, because it has to do with cars. Last week, I know in the city of Chicago, they uh, passed an ordinance or funding where they will now have electric charging stations for electric cars. So uh, question one for you in our sneak peek into the future here to wrap up today's show. Electric cars, how prevalent will they be? And your thoughts on charging stations at various locations. Well, well, Coach, the sad thing is, and I'm not trying to sit on the fence or not answer a question, it's very difficult uh, I guess it depends on whoever, whatever company makes the electric cars and then are able to pay off the politicians to make sure that there's a lot of charging stations everywhere. So you think charging stations will be as corrupt in our city of Chicago uh, as and any? Everywhere in the world, everywhere in the, at least the United States and most likely the world, I'm sure politics everywhere else is much different than here. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, GM made an electric car back in 1980. Ford had an electric car about two years afterwards. And basically they were like, well, uh, the oil companies have basically made it impossible for us to, uh, to actually get this car on the road because of whatever they were doing. No matter what you can say, it's been Washington's fault about us not having electric cars by now. Okay. Because yeah, there's a, there's a very interesting documentary on the subject called Uh-oh. Who Killed the Electric Car? Oh, I gotta see that, David. I gotta see it. Who, who, uh, what, it's called Who Killed the Electric Car? Who Killed the Electric Car, yeah. Who's okay. that star? Is that Barbara Stanwyck? Yeah, yeah. I think it was P. Diddy, coach. <laughs> well, first of all, nobody killed the electric car because it's going to be upon us in the very near future. And But it, we should have had it 30 years yeah, ago, okay. coach, and I'm not kidding. Okay. 30 years ago, we should have had it. Good point. Good point. But one of my concerns with the whole charging thing is big dog. How many cars will run out of charge, get stuck on various roads and highways, and uh, cause uh, not only accidents but major traffic jams as well? That's where, to me, the oh, reality you know, of the electric car starts You know what? How many times are people with gas cars going to run out of gas and be uh, stuck on the highway and cause major uh, – people know what, what, how much charge they have left in their battery. It's going to be exactly the same amount. Not sure. Not sure. I agree with you. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just, I'm not sure I'm feeling it. Somehow, my instincts say there'll be a lot more, especially in the beginning, the first five, ten years, a lot more shortages and outages with the electric car than there are with people filling up with gas. Well, well yeah. Well, too bad we're 30 years behind what we should be, so that stuff wouldn't be happening, right? But I want to let you know something. Your instinct stinks. 
No, actually, my instincts are pretty good. Oh, they stink. <laughs> All right, now question two. I don't want to argue anymore. That. We will pick that up on Monday, or I might call you off air and discuss my instincts. But uh, moving to number two on our leap into the future, big dog. Uh, and each one gets a little bit more severe. I don't even know if we're going to have time for number three, which is really creepy. Uh, the cell phone. In the very near future, not two years, but but pretty close to it, the cell phone will be basically replacing the wallet. You will have no need for a wallet anymore. Your credit card, uh, your driver's license, et cetera, et cetera, will be on the cell phone. When I first read it, I thought, no, 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 and then you know what? That's absolutely what's going to happen. Yes, Dave. Uh, I just need correction before Joel answers. It's not the cell phone. It is the smartphone. Well, yes. Okay. Thank you. Big difference between the two. Yes. And, and guys, as soon as the new world order takes over and we actually don't have paper money anymore and our whole new, the way the banking system is totally different, that's exactly what's going to happen. So our, our kids' kids. No, no, we'll no, look no, no. It could be us, Coach. No, I understand that. It could that, be the three of us that it could happen. No. Don't say that it can't happen no, no, no. in our lifetime, uh, Coach. I, I, so com- you need to open your eyes and realize that we're going through a financial I, crisis worldwide right now that is unlike any that we've ever seen. Yeah. And the banking system is teeter-tottering. It could be us. If you're one of those people, it's no way could it ever happen to us. Yeah. You're going to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs no, one no, day no, and no. be like, I, what I, the hell just happened? I completely agree with you, Big Doug. That's not where I was going. I, I, we're familiar with what a wall it is. Our kids are... The angle I was looking at is our kids' kids will look back at this strange thing called a wallet. They're going to say, man, how old? You actually carried, like, money in there and cards? The wallet will be like an artifact to our grandkids. Don't, I don't know, Coach. I, you know, I, I think you always have to have some form of – maybe you're right. Maybe you're totally right and everything will be in your phone. And, yeah, and, and if, you lose, point- if you lose uh, – losing a wallet is a disaster. If you lose the smartphone – with all that info, assuming there's a password on there, I don't. It would not be as dramatic, or, or as lo- worse, depending. Yeah, as long as nobody knows your password. Well, don't worry. The chip that the government's going to put in your wrist that will have a sensor that if you get more than fifty feet away uh, from no, your no. smartphone, it'll start going. No, off. no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not ready to buy the chip in the wrist yet. Well, well, <laughs> Electric cars, I'll go with you. The smartphone replacing the wallet and all your identification on that. I'm with you there, but a uh, chip in the wrist. Put in by the government? Don't yeah. don't think that don't I'm, think that it, it that it's impossible or they wouldn't do something well, like that. I'm not going to say impossible. I'm just I'm not ready to. That one seems a bit more far fetched. Now I got a homework assignment for you because number three we're not going to be able to totally get into. But Time Magazine featured it. Great okay. article, and I'm sure if you search the internet, it's on there. Homework assignment for the weekend, big dog. Check out maybe David, you've heard of this singularity. Singularity and basically. It's a group of scientists, not wackos, this is not science fiction, that are saying that the computer is advancing at such a rate, i.e. 2 plus 2 is 4, 4 plus 4 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 5, 12, 1024. It advances at such a rate. By 2045, that's the year they're predicting, the computer will be so advanced it will actually replace human beings and will actually be able to have common sense and some version of human emotion. It will be so advanced, it will even beyond the human being. And there's a whole lot of Advent things that are real, I don't want to say scary, but uneasy about it. But check out Singularity. It's a, it's a very scary uh, thought, but, but there's some reality to it. That's what makes it scary. I, for I'm one, welcome our computer overlords. Yeah, <laughs> and and, you're, and you don't think there's a possibility we can end up with chips in our... In our uh... Well... 
in our risk code. Singularity goes that way. They basically are talking about the fact, Big Dog, and it makes sense a little bit, that the human body is just the human body. You know, the, the, the brain and the soul could be replaced into something else. Why couldn't it be put into a computer-esque type mechanism Ooh, instead of the human body, and then you bring up living forever, and that brings up all kinds of weird... I'm telling you, it's a very uncomfortable well, article. You need to... Re- if, you, if I'm going to find this, then I will definitely find it. And by the way, I'm pretty happy because a couple years ago, it was 2056, then it was 2049. Now it's 2045. Yeah, it's, like five years, they're not saying it's 2030. Sooner than later. Okay. Yes. Well, but I just want to let you know, there's, your homework assignment is you need to do Lucretius on the nature of the universe. This guy came up with seven principles. What's his name? Lucretius, L E C R U T I. I always thought he was overrated, but go ahead. Okay, you have no idea who he is, but he came up with seven laws of the nature of the universe, and everybody thought he was an idiot. And eighteen hundred years later, his first one came to fruition, and it's, it's just simple: everything is made of atoms. Okay, I thought it was like, the pa- oh, everybody knows that. Well, for eighteen hundred years, nobody could figure it out. Well, he's got a couple other ones. The the next one to be proven right is the fact that your thoughts are actually substance. Like, your chemical reaction is actually a phys- – your thought is a physical thing that kind of gets imprinted on I your gotta, brain. i got to so check this guy is, out. Lucretius, huh? Yeah, so Lucretius. He, I, don't, I don't know the type of reading. It's like the stuff you'd have to do at Tulane. His fifth one was not predicting the number six seed Packers to go on a run and win the Super Bowl, was it? No, no, he, okay. he didn't do that. But what I'm saying is when you're saying that uh, your soul yes. and your brain and your thoughts can be imprinted into yep. a computer, yep. I'm not saying that I can't, I can't even comprehend – what would it take to get your 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 body's soul to work with the synapses of a computer instead mm-hmm. of the synapses of your nervous system? But it's, it's, it's I mean, Lucretius talked about the fact that it's actual substance. So why couldn't you? It exactly what you were saying be yeah. true, Coach. We need we need to advance this thought process. But homework assignment: check out Singularity. And again, these are not a bunch of wacko scientists. Uh, it's for real stuff. Obviously, there's disagreement upon which it can if it can become reality. But uh, Singularity, just like it sounds, it's spelled. All i got to do is probably go to drudgereport.com and I'll be able to find yeah, it. And then Time Magazine has a fascinating article on it. Big Dog, great job this week. It's been a pleasure. That's what, That's what the Drudge Report is, Coach. You need to start reading that. It has every single news okay. report in the world. Pleasure working with you, Big Dog. Have an outstanding weekend. Be safe. We'll talk to you Monday at 10, okay? Sounds good, guys. Beautiful. Thanks, listeners. We appreciate your checking in. David Olson, our producer. And uh, Frank Faulty Wires, our engineer, great job the entire week. Have an outstanding weekend, everybody. 10 o'clock on Monday. We'll do it all over again. Don't be late. See you Monday.